Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Fasig. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works. It's a locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They make it easy for people to have the nutrition they need when they need it. They deliver weekly menus of heat and eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items for those of you counting macros, as well as a variety of side items that can be added to your order. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed, all-natural and hormone-free chicken, beef, and pork. They have pickup locations all over the place to make it easy for you to pick up your meals, and they also have delivery options around Nashville area for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make nutrition the easiest part of your day. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Go check out the uh, website at barbell-voodoo.com for all your awesome apparel needs. And also check out Barbell Voodoo Private Label. We just want to be a part of anything you're doing and anything you need printed. That's the place to have it done. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. This is episode 60, even, 6-0. So if you remember back, if you listened to the last podcast of 2018, uh, you will remember uh, that we're going to try just a little bit of different formats, and so every other week that we usually don't have a podcast, um, I'm going to do a solo podcast. See how that goes. Uh, See if you guys enjoy it. Um, Feel free to comment. Feel free to let us know uh, what you think, if it you know, resonates with you. If it doesn't, um, we'd love to hear some feedback about it. And by we, I mean me. So let me know, uh, what's going on and, uh, if it's doing anything, if it's not, then we'll just keep going with what we do. And either way, we're going to do what we're going to do anyways. But anyways, so today, um, we'll kind of do two parts. We'll, we'll do, uh, one part about what I wanted to kind of talk about today. And then, um, the next part today is going to be about, uh, we'll take a little break and then we'll, we'll have a, a part about something that's going on in the fitness industry right now. So hope you enjoyed the podcast and we will get going right now. So along the way, somewhere at some point in adolescence, when, when a kid is a kid, they learn one thing. And so somewhere along the way, a kid goes from being just a kid, another kid, into learning that we aren't all equal. If you show up to a playground nowadays and little kids are playing, they, they don't care um, the, any differences whatsoever. They, they don't really acknowledge them. They don't, they don't really matter to them. They're just going to play. There's another kid. I'm going to play. Well, somewhere along the way, you learn that there are differences. There are people who are not equal to other people, that uh, in fact, some people are less than others, and some people are, well, better than others. As kids, these segregations are built upon physical appearances more times than not. Something that you see or observe about some, some, somebody that all of a sudden you go, well, that's not the same as me. Obviously, they're different. Um, this is not the same. And so um, we need to treat that differently. Somewhere along the way, we learn these things. You learn what's physically better 
and then compare yourself to that standard. Now, a lot of us in our life continue to guard, to, to kind of grade ourselves, to compare ourselves to that standard for the rest of our lives. It's something we learned when we were a little kid. So I remember back um, when I used to go shopping with my mom, I went to a private school and we had uniforms. And so that kind of uh, evened the playing field as far as dress code goes and about what was cool to wear and what was not cool to wear. But even in the world of dress codes with khaki pants and navy pants and certain color shirts, button downs or Oxford shirts, whatever whatever you wanted to wear or knit shirts, um, there were still differences. Some of those had logos on them that were better than others. And so I remember going shopping and, and all the department stores at that time had the section that was different than everybody else's. And that section was called, for us boys, the Husky section. All the big boys were called Huskies. I don't know. Maybe they look like the dogs. I I don't know why they they decided Husky was a lot better. I mean, surely it's a lot better than that's where the fat kids need to shop. But um, Husky section was where I found my clothes. And the Husky section is where it seemed like, and I don't know if maybe, maybe it was just me, but it seemed like always that section of the store was like darker than the other sections. Like you could go back there in that corner and like hide and pick out your clothes, but, but you still could observe all the people out there shopping in the regular section. Like, Oh, they're, they're looking at that. And so there were certain brands you looked for. There were certain, uh, you know, clothes you wanted to get. And if the department stores didn't have them, like you were, you were out of luck. And so Husky, you know, not, not everybody made Husky clothes. Um, and so you had to kind of figure out and pick what you wanted to do. And so that was the first one size is a comparable factor. The first lesson along this law of averages or or laws of comparison is that size does in fact matter. If you're a bigger kid, then you are different. And you can compare yourself to the size of the kids that are not. Second thing, when I was in, in grade school, we used to play sports in PE. Now, that sounds crazy, right? Like nowadays... They have like all different kinds of stuff, but we used to play sports. Like when, when it was sunny, we would play outside and there would be baseball, there would be kickball, whatever the sport was for that day, uh, we would be playing it. And uh, growing up, you know, I played all kinds of team sports. There was football and soccer and tennis and baseball and basketball. I even did karate and jujitsu. Like I was a very active kid, did all the things, enjoyed sports, still love competing and doing sports type stuff. Well, there was one day on the playground and uh, it was boys and girls, and we were mixed teams playing softball. Now, I, I loved baseball. I loved playing baseball, and it was one of my favorite sports. Still is one of my favorite sports today. And I was playing out in left field, um, kind of shallow, and a, kind of a line drive gets hit in my direction. So I take a, take a few steps and, and then end up stretching out for the ball with my left hand. And, and as I stretch out and, and step out with my left foot and my left hand, um, to grab the ball in order to throw it easy out, the ball hits a clump of grass. And that clump of grass redirects the ball directly into my nuts. I went down like a sack of potatoes. All I know was the ball was about two feet from my face, <laughs> and I could do nothing about it. All the boys were just dumbfounded. They were standing there jaws agape and all the girls were like what is wrong with him why can't he just pick up the ball and throw it 
come on, get the ball. And I'm just in a puddle of mush going, take my life now. This is the worst experience ever. And so I had that experience and it was absolutely ridiculous and it was hard. And all the boys were like, oh man, that sucks. I mean, that's terrible. And all the girls were like, what's wrong with you? I don't even know. Gosh. But you learn your second comparable factor and that's athleticism. Along the way, if you're not as athletic, not as good at a sport, then, then you get determined to be less than adequate, less than. You get to be the last one picked. You get to be the one that, that no one wants on their team and someone gets stuck with. And so athleticism is a comparable factor. The third comparable factor is comes from this. There was one day we went on a field trip in school. And as we were on this field trip, as, as um, whatever we did, I don't even remember what the field trip was, but somehow in the afternoon, instead of going back to school, we were allowed to go to the park. And so they, uh, the buses took us to a park and we got to play and it was great. We had lunch in the park and then we played and it was wonderful. It was still at this age where like you had your friend groups, um, but really you could, you could kind of cross paths and you could still be friends with a lot of other people. But, um, but you were kind of forming these groups already at, at this point in, in my life. Well, unbeknownst to me, there was a group of boys that were deciding to uh, engage in a game that was at the expense of others. And so at some point in the day, I noticed that one of my friends was, was sitting by himself crying and, and um, really shaken up, really red-faced. And, and so I went over there and was talking to him. I was like, what's going on? You know, like, did something happen? You know, I was oblivious to what was going on. And then uh, he wouldn't talk about it. He wouldn't acknowledge it. He wouldn't bring it up and, and share anything. And so I kind of just went about my way. You know, us guys are really great about tapping into our emotions and talking about things. And uh, so I went on, kept playing with my friends. Well, eventually, this group of guys out of nowhere grab me, throw me to the ground, and get it like six or eight guys on top of me, holding me down, while one kid pulls up my shirt over my face, and all of them start wailing on my stomach. It was a game called Pink Belly. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, there was nothing you could do. You have humans that are sitting on every body part, holding you down, and plenty of them. And so there I am on the ground, getting pelted by hands until they were done. They were satisfied with their job and they moved on and I was left there to deal with the reality and the third factor of comparability. And that is that people, groups, and friends are comparable. That who you surround yourself with will determine whether you are a have or a have not, whether you are more than or less than, whether you are better than, you know? And so who you surround yourself with matters. So pick your friends wisely, right? Or be with the people you like and enjoy their company. Well, all of these three factors are physical factors that make up childhood um, kind of deviations and figuring out who's who and what's what. And you learn what's good and what's bad and what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. And, and you learn all the things that, that determine your worth in life. All these physical factors, through these experiences, we find out and come to believe who we actually are as a person. We believe the lies that were taught by other people. We believe the, the lies that, that are 
perpetuated throughout childhood, and we carry those through adulthood. I learned that in school, I was less than everyone else. That there were so many more people that were better than me, and I was less than. Now, adults contributed to this belief. They helped me believe that actually the way I looked um, mattered in a negative way. That uh, the, the, the extra pounds that I carried um, needed to be lost. If I was ever going to be somebody or do something great in my life, I had to look a certain way to be better than I was. I remember one time on the way to soccer, we were going to a game, and one of the parents uh, decided to tell me all about the extra weight on my body for the entire trip. And it was terrible. It was one of the worst experiences. Someone that was supposed to be safe and protecting me and and taking care of me was in fact someone that decided to take advantage of that moment to talk long all about the fat on my body and how it needs to go away. It's got to be better. If you want to help the team, if you want to be a better contributor, you got to lose the weight and you got to be better at that. Well, all these experiences led me to a life of um, kind of self-medicating or controlling. I was very active. I didn't need to be more active, but I realized that I ate terrible. I mean, imagine that as a kid, I'm realizing that I was eating bad. And so, like any kid, you either have yes or no. It's either black or white, right? And, and so I decided to start skipping meals. And so as a kid, I decided to take control of this life to be better. If I can't be good the way I am, if I can't be great the way that I am, then how about I change myself so that I will look different and maybe be accepted by all these other people? And so I decided to self-medicating by skipping meals in my life. My relationship with food was basically bipolar. There would be times where food was absolutely the thing you did to celebrate. Food was the thing that that made everything right. If you were having a bad day, then go get ice cream. That's what makes it better. If your day is bad, eat some chocolate. That that'll that'll cure what ails you. And in the meantime, um, if you're feeling like you're overweight, just stop eating food. Just stop eating that bad food. And, and and that was the concept. I was basically bipolar. Depending on where my mood was or what I was doing, I would either consume terrible and amazing amounts of food or just nothing at all. I would start limiting myself and start denying myself. It was a terrible way to live. And in fact, it carries on today. Even today, I want, as an almost 40-year-old here in 10 days, I want to celebrate with food. I want that to be like, oh, you've done a great job. Why don't you go out and eat something um, that's terrible for you and filled with sugar? And that'll say, man, way to go. That'll be your pat on the back because you've deserved it. When in fact, it just, it hurts me. It hurts me in the long run. And, and it hurts me to get back on the train afterwards, right? And, and so breaking these cycles that we learn as a kid are so tough. So here's what I want to ask you. What from your childhood define your relationships with food? What are the experiences that you had as a kid that you have come to believe and trust to be true in your life today? Whether or not you believe it, but you act on it regularly. What are those things? And then how can you redefine them for yourself today? How can you look into the past and come to the future and say, I need to redefine what celebration is. Celebration is not 
a piece of cake. Celebration is not defined by food, but celebration is something different. Another question. What scars do you carry around that still need to be worked through in your life? I shared a couple stories, three stories that are from my childhood. And uh, there, there are things that still uh, are sensitive. There, there are things that, that still hurt when I think about them. I, I can still have this guttural response where I'm like, oh, geez, that still hurts me. And, and, and yet I still have things that I need to work through. I still have things that, that if it triggers something like that, I need to do some more work in there. So what are things from your past that you still need to work through? And lastly, just want to encourage you. Start today. It doesn't take a new year. It doesn't take a new month. It doesn't even take a Monday. All it does is take for you to make the first step. What is it today that you need to work through? And here's the thing. We can't stop. The scars from the past will come up again. And so you got to keep moving. You got to keep going. We do not stop. We keep going. And so I want to encourage you today. Think about the past. How's it affecting your today, and how can you change that for your future? We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. Go on by NutriShop Franklin for all your personal needs. You need supplements? They got it. You need your protein? They got it. You need to pick me up? Need to drink a bang? They got it. So go check them out in Franklin in the Cool Springs area. When you stop in and you see Kyle, say, hey, Jacob said you got some good stuff here. I'll tell you, you won't be disappointed because they have unrivaled customer service. So go check them out and tell them you heard about them and the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, I want to cover one topic here. And it's a topic that's circulating all over the place. It people are are literally in an uproar or about this, and I don't I don't even understand what the uproar is about. Um honestly, I think it I think it has to do uh with people feeling like maybe uh their rights or something are being encroached or the the way that they've defined themselves is, is being questioned. Um and so I'm talking about the Gillette commercial, okay? This razor company puts out a commercial, and it's about uh, kind of reframing um, toxic masculinity. It, it, it's, just, it's just a commercial about maybe bringing back some, some old virtues that, that we've lost as, uh, as males. And so, uh, you know, I, I saw the commercial. I feel like from a lot of things that I've heard on YouTube uh, about this that um, maybe... Uh, I've seen a different commercial, but I haven't. I saw the commercial and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't see what, what the problem is. Um, clearly the marketing people and ad people are knocking it out of the park because everybody's talking about it. But I saw this uh, kind of commentary on Joe Rogan um, show and, and it was on YouTube and it was about uh, toxic masculinity here that Gillette is hitting. And his, uh, he had a guest, Theo Van, on there. And, and the whole clip starts out with, are people even going to have dicks in the future? Um, this, this masculine, like, oh, penis, masculine. Ah, that defines everything I am. Where's my aggression? Where's my, where's my hate? Where's, where's all the fear and let's fight. You know, this, this kind of thing that, that evidently 
defines masculinity. That's a narrow version of it, but that, that seems to be what um, people are in uproar about. And um, Joe Rogan himself calls it uh, doing douchey shit, um, which I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know how uh, more, um, you know, kind of, a, that, that's not right. You know, like <laughs> you, you don't say things like that. Um, it talks about not being a womanizer and yet we're going to call it douchey shit. So there you go, Joe Rogan. I'm not sure we're, we're quite where we need to be in life just yet, even though we claim, and uh, you and Theo definitely claimed that we're past this. You, you, you guys were like, oh man, we are better than this. We've learned this lesson. Let's move on. And I, I'm not sure that we have. And so there's three things from this commercial that I got from it. And I was like, this, this is great. I think, I think this is things that we need to talk about as a society, as a male to our males, and we need to be better at this. And so the first thing that, that I learned from the commercial that it's trying to redefine and talk about toxic masculinity is that we need to be a protector. Okay. We need to bring this back. See, we've become the aggressor, not the protector. We've traded our role as protector to become the aggressor. And that's messed up. We've become people who um, are abusers and bullies. And and the people that we put up there on a pedestal and say, these are masculine, these are great men, these are, these are tough guys, are the ones that are the biggest offenders. We look at pro sports, we look at those guys and how they're treating relationships, how they're treating uh, in their marriages and their dating life and their abuse, and, and it's toxic, it's terrible. And, and I don't understand why in the world that a commercial that just talks about, hey, guys, you need to be protective of people. You need to watch out for people, whether that's women, whether that's smaller kids, whether whoever that is, we need to be the protectors that we were um, originally, like way back in the dinosaurs. You want to talk about paleo? Let's go back there. Our job was to protect. We need to bring that back in our lives. Not at the expense that people are less than, but we need to stand up and be more protectors once again. The second thing that it talks about is being a non-womanizer. It calls guys out for the way that they're looking, the double look, for even um, you know making cat calls or, or, or saying things to women that that are degrading, and and I can't believe you can get mad about this, you know. Um, so women today are still seen as second class citizens. They're still seen as less than men, and whether we want to acknowledge that or not, as men, it's still happening. It still is a huge issue today. Um, talk about this with the with the women around you. Ask if they've gotten the same breaks. Ask, ask the ladies that have actually moved up the corporate ladder how hard that struggle was and if it still happens today. And more, more times than not, they'll say, yes, it still happens today. So here's the deal. You don't believe it's you? If you're someone that actually goes, no, I'm not a womanizer. I am not someone who does that. As a male, if you say that it isn't true and yet you're still watching porn, then you're lying to yourself and others. An industry that's built on the degradation of women, that women need to be submissive, that men need to be dominant in that relationship, is built on this whole womanizing theology, this whole womanizing view of, uh, of just taking the world and being number one. And you're saying that's a bad thing to point out, that we're still doing this? You're saying that a razor company, out of all you're not doing it. Why not the razor company? Why not somebody stand up and say, this is still not right. And we can do better than that. The third thing it teaches is better problem solving that we don't have to fight everything out. Now, sure. Males are going to fight, but you need to pick your battles. 
You need to choose whether or not you're protecting and serving others or if you're just fighting for no reason whatsoever. Because you have zero problem-solving skills, you have to fight. Because here's the deal. We continue to stuff our emotions so far down until we blow up. And that happens over and over again. Think about any fight that that you've gotten into from childhood all the way through adulthood. Generally, if we're going to be honest, that fight had nothing to do with the circumstance that we were fighting about. It had to do with stuff that has been building up and building up until we blew up. And that's the reality. And so today, I just want to say, be better, man. You want to be a strong male? Then don't take the seat of weakness and start whining about how your masculinity is being called out. That some razor company, out of all people, takes this moral high road over you. That's a, that's a seat in the weak department. You want to be a man? Stand up. Be a protector. Stop treating women as second-class citizens and teach some better problem solvings to the, to the boys growing up behind you. The ones that are going to take your place one day and define what masculinity is. So here's the deal, barbell voodoo community. We're about fitness. We're about people that treat each other as equal and encourage each other to move forward. So don't buy into the hype. Be different. Be better. That's what I think, at least. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hope you got something out of it. Hope it was worth listening to. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the standalone episodes. And uh, I'd love to hear about it. Message me. You can find me at fitby40.blog on the Instagram. You can also find me, Jacob Fasig, on Facebook. So until next time, we'll see you next week. Next week, we'll have a guest on for episode 61. You're going to love that. It is uh, the best CrossFit coach in all of Nashville. Just named. Pretty cool. All right. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. On your way out, please take time to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star review if you've liked what you've heard. And also, leave us a comment. Let us know what's going on with you. If you don't mind, stop on Instagram. Give us a little like on the IG at Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Also, you can find me there at fitby40.blog. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.